0: Number 13. I remember old man, matter of fact, his name was John. an old fellow didn't have a tooth in his head. And we were fixing cows and pregnancy testing them and writing all the stuff down, doing all the stuff you're supposed to do and lopping off their horns and searing them and that kind of a thing. And uh, John was out there and he said, uh, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to fix this the chute. They had gotten in the chute where they had spread the shootout real bad, and he said, I'm going to go put a two-by-four out there like that. And the boss man said to him, the guy's name was Will Fong, he said, uh, now I'm fixing to turn the cows loose. He said, all right, I'll be looking for him, you know. And uh, he looked at me and he said, I'll show you how to take care of a cow when he charges at you. And I said, okay, sure, old man, you know. Except he said it like this, you know. I'll show you how to take care of them cows. I tell you, they come charging at me and I'm thinking, looks like one done hits you, you know. And he's out there with a little two-pound hammer because he's fixing to drive these big nails in the top of those posts when he got the thing together and driving them down in there. And sure enough, Mr. Wilfong let that thing up, and that cow came tearing out of there. Boy, wild-eyed man, blood running down the side of its face already. And it starts running, John, John, John. He said, John, watch out behind you. And John, I mean, like just he looked like Clint Eastwood or something. He turned around, and that cow was coming right at him, and he grabbed one railing on that fence like that and got up one foot. And he hit that cow right between the eyes with that sledgehammer. And that cow kind of stopped and kind of went down to his knees. And John said, that's how you take care of a charging cow. Finally, that cow got up and was shaking his head. I know he had a headache. I don't know how it didn't kill him. Why are you telling me that? I have no idea. It's just a funny story. (laughs) I'm just remembering that stuff. Oh, baling wire, that was what it was. Tripped my trigger. (laughs) You're not going to get me talking about it. I am going to preach to you. I know how some of you are. You go and get in your class and get your teacher talking about something, and then the bell rings and you're like, yes, we got by without homework. (laughs) I'm giving you homework today. John John chapter 13, one of the really definitive passages in the Bible that show the Lord's heart in a multitude of things. Uh, This is the supper before the final thing. And you see Jesus Christ doing some things in this passage that are exemplary of things that we ought to be doing for each other. So much so that later in the passage he'll say, hey I've done it, you ought to be doing this. But let me just show you a couple of things because people have a mistaken idea. As a matter of fact in churches nowadays, Many churches are run more like a business and the same business and marketing employ ideas that are employed, they try to employ in a church as if uh, we're going to be able to get on top by, you know, doing certain things. And they come here with a talent or a gift or an ability and all they're doing is looking to showcase whatever their talent is instead of just finding out what God wants them to do. If there was anybody that was talented, obviously Jesus would have been the most talented of all of them. And the Bible says this in verse number 2. And the Bible said, And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garment and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poureth water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet." feet, and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. Brother Larry, you pray, would you, and ask the Lord to help us with this? I are grateful to be here this morning. Thank you for your help and your safety, Lord, and all that was included, Lord, and in us even arriving this morning. Thank you for that. Thank you for a place to come. Thank you for a church. Uh, Lord, thank you for the brethren. Thank you for your presence, most of all. I uh, thank you for preaching this morning. I pray, God, for the message now, that you might breathe on your words, and uh, as they come forth... Through Him, use Him one more time. God, help our hearts and be with our hearts, Lord, and help things to be uh, put to the side, to the left, to the right, out of the way. Lord, that we might have full focus on You. We love You this morning. We thank You for Your mercy and Your grace and all that You are to us. Thank You for the Holy Spirit of God. Thank You for the work that goes on within us through Your Word. Use Your man in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Uh, Let me say this, this is a, 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 there's so many things that are in this passage that jump out or that are salient, that come off the page, and I know many of you have probably heard the passage before, but I'd like to just use it in a practical sense to tell you, the church was never intended to be a place where there's pressure for you to excel. The idea that the more I do, the better I am, the more I do, the better it is, but church is a place where servants should be plenteous. There should be a mentality, an attitude of what can I do? Not, I can only do certain things, but what is it that I might be able to do? Can I say, first of all, you find there in verse number 2, and supper being ended, can I just say that sometimes you have to put aside some things that have happened in your past. There has to be a benediction, pronounced over even the mistakes of the past well preacher you know i i got divorced okay how many years ago 40 okay at what point are we past that how many years ago four how many months ago It doesn't matter. At some point, we have to stop looking in the past at the failures, not just the successes. Look, I realize what goes on Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram, all the social media, is all of your accomplishments that are in the past, nothing you can do about it. And I guess you think it makes you something in the present. But can I just say this to you? When it comes to church, if there was anybody that should have been bragging, it should have been Jesus. But supper's over now. And now all of a sudden, there needs to, before we can move forward, there's got to be a benediction. Some of you have to allow yourself off the mat. I want to say two things about that before I move on. Number one in the Bible, He is constantly reminding us of our need to forgive other people. In other words, to let them off the mat. And guess what? Maybe they did do something stupid, and maybe they did something wrong, but time has gone by. At what point are you going to turn that loose, or are you going to continue to use that to manipulate them, to control them, to keep them under your thumb, because you just won't pronounce supper's over. It is time to get up from the table. He riseth from supper. I'm done with it i got to move forward. That's not being disrespectful. It's not being unkind. But sometimes it's not just the successes in the past, but it's the failures of the past. You made mistakes. You did things wrong. You got fired from a job. You you, you were, uh, I don't know, I hate to say it, you were a drug addict, or you had a child out of wedlock, or you're a single mom, you're a single dad and all. You do realize that not everybody knows that about you. Right. They don't know if you're widowed or not. They don't know if you're a widower or not. And guess what? Your kid is really not interested in everybody knowing that they were born out of wedlock. They don't want everybody knowing that about them. I remember being at a meeting one time and the preacher got up and he was talking about some things he did in his past and he started talking about being a convict and he started talking about all the stuff he did when he was in prison and and these kind of things and he just went on and on and on and I got up at the end of the service it was over and had to run to the restroom and I went in the restroom and I heard a kid crying and so I, you know, waited until the kid came out there and I was washing my paws and getting ready to go back out. And I said, hey man, how are you doing? Hey preacher, he said. And I said, are you okay? He goes, yes sir, I'm alright. And I said, well what you squalling about, boy? And he said, preacher, I wish my daddy wouldn't tell everybody to where he was and what he used to do and what he used to be. And he said, he was all them things before I was ever born. And he said, They know that's my daddy. He said, I don't want people knowing my daddy was a convict. He said, He ain't been in jail since I've been born. That kid's, I guess, maybe eight, 17, 18 years of old age wow. at the time. Mm. Supper's over. I mean, at some point, could I help you if you hear nothing else in the sermon today? If some of you would pronounce a benediction over things that have occurred in your past, or because somebody did something to you in the past, can I just tell you, if Brother Larry did something to me in the past, and I can't get over it, you know how I'm going to see you? I'm going to see you through what Brother Larry did to me. That don't give you the benefit of the doubt. That doesn't give you a fair shake. It means I'm treating you, Larry hurt me, so he's going to hurt me. Everybody ain't out to get you. Amen. And some people do get you. But you know what? Sometimes they get you for a reason. It's not about them getting you. It's about God seeing whether or not you can pronounce a benediction over it. Can I get a little bit of help, Brother Ernie? Amen. Sometimes we think more or less, ladies and gentlemen, that it's all about us. Sometimes the Lord's like, could you just get over it? I let that happen in your life to just show that God's grace is good and I've forgiven you. Can you forgive others? I forgot what you did. Can you forget what others did? And can you stop seeing everybody? Can I do this if nothing else today? Would you stop being so suspicious of everybody in the church? All we are is saved sinners. Amen. And guess what? We all make mistakes and we all act stupid sometimes. And I know how you come to church and you think to yourself, well, I'm in church and and everybody's perfect, we ain't in heaven, you're in church. You say, what is church? It's the in between heaven and hell is where it is. You understand? And sometimes it gravitates a little more south than it does north. Can I get a witness? You know I'm telling the truth. You say, why? Sometimes you've had a bad week. Sometimes things aren't going so well. And sometimes somebody is going to do something that cranks your engine. Here's the problem. For you to expect anything but that is wrong on your part. Why? Because we're people. And I hate to tell you this, but people can be hemorrhoids. I hope you know that. Every one of you burn an itch every now and then. Everyone of you requires special attention and special medicine, and everybody wants to be sat gently on, and you know we just want to be, you know, we just want to be treated very gently. We all need a, a donut to sit on because we're special today, right? And then you know what we do? We disappear and never even tell anybody goodbye. Amen. We can all do that. I'm out. I'm done. I'm through. I'm out of here. I quit. You know, you know, you're not. You know what you do? Your swelling's going down. And you're getting ready to say goodbye. And you're not saying goodbye to nobody. You say, why? Your swelling's going down. You're not a hypocrite. You're something else that starts with an H. You're a hemorrhoid. And and guess what? We'll be glad when you come back after the swelling's gone down. Supper being ended. Could I preach a whole message on that? I believe I could. Could I spend a little bit of time there? But enough time to just simply say, even Jesus recognized we're done eating now. Right. Right. Done, done eating. Sorry about that. I get self-conscious when Dr. Noble's here. We are finished eating now. She's like an English major. She just, I, it must just, she just looks, thanks to herself, poor fella. You know, <laughs> she read more. But, but listen to me. Listen, supper being ended, we're finished with what we have started. It's over now. Let it go. Let it go. It's eating you up. It is not bothering them. You're taking medication. They are on vacation. You walk in, you are mad as a stinking wet hen. And they're laughing and cutting up and having fun and taking selfies and doing duck lips and all that stuff. And you're like, oh, I, ca- oh, I cannot, be- oh, I can't believe that. Hey, I got that down pretty good, don't I? <laughs> I learned that when my daughter was a teenager <laughs> about a million years ago. Now I got grand youngins and great grand youngins doing that. Even the little ones, you know, they, they think they look cute. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to bust you, man. <laughs> We ain't going through that again. I'm too old now. <laughs> but 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 can I say this to you? Not only forgiving others, how about forgiving yourself? Amen, preacher. Amen. I mean, listen, in second Corinthians two, that lack of forgiveness gives the devil room to get in. By the way, Brother Jan's wife passed her stuff and she's been approved and so yeah. That that's an Amen there for you. So she's coming over here to be a part of y'all. Amen. All the way from the Philippines. Amen. It only took 11 years to get her here. Help me, Jesus. But, but, but listen to me. When was the last time you feel so bad about what you did that you won't let yourself off the map? You know what the devil loves to do? Take you back to your failure and remind you of how no good you were. That one or two incidents in your life where you did something stupid. Well, can I just tell you this, not to make it any uh, comparison thing, everybody does stupid stuff. Amen. You okay. need to remind yourself that when I do stupid stuff, claim the blood of Jesus Christ. Right. Hey, yes, man up. Right. You can't sue me because I'm not doing that. If You know, the, man up, I tell you to man up. If you're a man, man up. If you're a woman, woman up. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what you are, then I just gave you both. So yeah. One or the other, I'll level up. We go. But you know what? Take the responsibility for what you did and supper's over. Yep. And anybody that is constantly taking you back Amen. to your past and reminding you of everything that you did. Amen. You understand what I'm saying to you? You know what you have to do? you got to unhitch that wagon and recognize i got to get away from that. Amen. Su- supper's over. Amen. Well, I just said, uh-uh. Supper's yep. over. You hear me? I'm done with that. Can I say this to you? You guys have been married for more than 15 minutes. Your wife has a memory like an elephant. She don't know supper's over sometimes. You're only saying that because James ain't here. I ain't even... But just because it's not over for her, it needs to be over for you. Amen, sir. Amen. You hear me? Yes. You have to learn to let it go. You say, why? As long as you're holding on to that, it's holding on to you and you can't go forward and get anything done. Right, sir. Amen. God's interested in the passage in somebody doing something. Amen. The Lord starts by, He riseth from supper. Why? Supper's over. Amen. Time for somebody to do the dishes. That's it. Take out the trash, put the leftovers in the fridge or in the trash, sure. clean up the house. Yeah. We got something else to do. Right, in right. this case, there are some feet that are nasty that need washing. Yeah. Amen. Now I want you to notice also the second thing, it's right in the passage. I'm giving it to you expositorily. He layeth aside... His garment. Why? Supper's over. Now what I have to do is, is take off anything that's going to hinder me from doing the task at hand. Sometimes that garment, remember Bartimaeus when he cried out to the Lord? And he said, uh, come to me, they bring him to me. And the Bible said, and Bartimaeus took off his coat. Do you remember that? You say, why? sometimes that coat's what prevents us from getting where we need to go. Sometimes it's, i got this to finish, and this to finish, and this to finish, and this, Uh uh-uh. i got something to do, and what do I have to do? Something that apparently in that crowd no one else wants to do. Who wants to wash feet? Now don't tell me you would not be the first one to grab a basin and grab a pitcher and get yourself a towel if Jesus was sitting at the table, if it was only Jesus. But suppose your enemy was at the table and you knew if you washed the feet of Jesus, you'd have to wash the feet of your enemy, how quick would you get your uh, 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 backside out of, off of that chair? That's a good catch. It's not that they wouldn't wash feet or didn't want to wash Jesus' feet. They were too good to wash each other's feet. Why do you think the Lord winds up washing the feet? He's waited all the way through supper, and now he's giving him one more chance. Right, that's it. That's right. Reckon what he's about to do? Here's another chance. Yep, that's it. Yes, sir. There it is. Getting a towel. Well, he ain't gonna take a shower grabs his bowl, and bang, done squat, They've been with the Lord at this point three years and a half. Shy on just a few days. And they're letting Him go ahead because something that's not mentioned in the passage that jumps out at you is... What in the cat hair are they still doing? Sitting and him standing, Amen. laying aside his garment, and they still have theirs on. Pouring a bowl of water and grabbing a towel, and ain't nary a one said, "Wait, whoa, hold on a minute here, Lord, let me do that." Amen. Why not? Right. It's a picture of the church today. I'll gladly wash Jesus' feet. But I ain't washing yours. I'll gladly do what Jesus wants me to do. In the passage, if you'll follow me, you know what you'll find out? You'll find out that Jesus turns and says to them, you saw me do it, and if you love me, it's what you ought to be doing to the others. Don't worry, I'm not taking up an offering. Mm -hmm. I'm just practicing Frisbee. (laughs) Could I ask you a question? What is it that you have binding you up that's keeping you from doing what the Lord wants you to do? Because it's not only that you got to get up, you got to take off. Right. Yeah. Man. Right. Not your inner garments, not lewdness. Right. The thing that's binding you up. Amen. We don't get a lot of cold weather down here. We really don't. I mean, some. This year we got what? Like eight days and it was freezing like, like Arctic, like, like Alaska. Killed everything graveyard dead in eight days. And then never got cold again. But during those days you see people with these big old heavy, like Michelin tire man jackets on. Right? They're all like we're like it's freezing. We got we bring the mask back because our face is gonna freeze off, you know? People up north are looking at us like, Are you kidding me right now? It's just cold. It's like not that big a deal. Oh no, it's the deep freeze. It's the tribulation. This is horrible. They're selling jackets at every place that sells jackets. Y'all are down at Goodwill trying to hope somebody from the north has gotten rid of their jacket. You're walking in here. You need three spaces in every pew so that you can put down all of the clothes. You got on these giant winter boots. You look like you're ready to go snow sledding or got a husky team parked outside. I mean, man, it's cold. Preacher, I can't come to church today. I mean, uh, I can't wait for my car to warm up. It's cold out there. Oh, my goodness, man. And then you get in here and it's kind of like, okay, it's time to go to work. I'd like to see some of you that are in a secretarial type of a job, an office type job, whatever's politically correct there, I don't care. But you're sitting down at a computer and you're like... You say, "What's keeping you from doing your job?" There we go. Real good, amen. That's good. Real good, preacher. Amen. Some outer cloak. Something that you use to cover up in. Something that you use to hide behind. don't preach. Amen. See, when Jesus removed this, I'll start all over again if you want and preach the whole thing. You missed the best part of the sermon. You didn't even hear about the cows. when Jesus removed this you know what he was saying brother Mitch I ain't got nothing to hide and there ain't anything that I wouldn't do for you and I'm willing to take off my coat roll up my sleeves and I'm the master but I'm going to be the the what? Oh, that can't be a Bible word. Servant. Who ever heard of such? Psh, who wants to be a servant when they can be the master? The Lord said, if you're to be the greatest, you're to be the least. Amen. You want to be the master, you have to be the... You know what He said? That outer garment represented His status, His state in life. Are you with me? He rises from supper and he lays aside the status symbol. He lays aside the, how anybody would recognize him. As a matter of fact, if you walked in and saw him and you did not know him by name or face, you know who what you would think he was? He's just a servant. He's removed his outer garment. Because, can I ask you a question? Just pause a minute now, because we could just stop the sermon right here and we can go get lunch. Because what the Lord is saying is, is how are you known? Are you known by your outer garment? By your reputation? Are you too good to get down? I don't mean like get down. That's funny, you can laugh. I won't tell Brother Tillis on you. so much in this passage. Because these boys have been with him for three and a half years and they have missed the most important lesson that they could have learned. The willingness to be a servant. The willingness to do whatever needed to be done for God's glory. Well, it wasn't about a status symbol. It was about this needs to be done. What needs to be done? Some people need their foot washed, feet washed. Come on, guys. Waited until supper's over. Stands up, gives them the opportunity. They don't have it yet. Oh, you're going to see some objections in just a moment. In just a couple of minutes, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see the Lord come down there and He's got the wash basin. But until He bows down there in front of Peter, ain't nobody said a stinking word about Him going to wash their feet. Well, it's Jesus' job to wash my feet. That's the Messiah. That's the King of Kings. That's God manifest in the flesh. There is a, de- a devil sitting at the table. Judas Iscariot. Have I not chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot. There is a devil sitting at the table and Jesus is going to wash his feet. Amen. And what excuse did you have for not washing somebody's feet? Amen. What excuse did you have for not being a Servant? Washing feet was considered to be, can I say this without being offensive, that was a hay boy job. Do you all understand what I'm saying? That was a job that the least of the least of the least, it would be a boy that would do the most undesirable task of everything. It wasn't somebody of any status. wasn't somebody who was important. It was, hey boy, get over here and wash my feet. It was the epitome of a put down. It was what you gave somebody to do that you thought they can't do anything else. Jesus has now laid aside his garment. The identity that he had is wrapped up in that robe. That's why the woman with the issue... Remember, she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment. Why? The hem of his garment is saying who he is, what tribe he is from, where he is represented. That's representing, I know he is the Messiah. And he laid it aside and said, I'm just a servant. David comes up. You want to talk about worship? We'll get there in a couple hours, but listen to me. You want to talk about worship? You know what the Bible says? The Bible said David danced before the Lord. But you know what he did? He laid aside everything that that people would recognize him as a king. He took off his royal robes. And you know what he did? He was wearing a linen ephod. You know what that is? That's like your long johns. A linen ephod is like a t-shirt. A linen ephod is something that the most common of men would have as an undergarment. It kept the wool or the other uh, garments on the outside from prickling you, sticking you. It literally is, if I were to take my shirt, there's a t-shirt underneath here. That's an e- ephah. It's just, it's just a common, ordinary, everybody has it. Sorry. Right. says Haines in the back. <laughs> it's just common clothing. Amen. And if you saw David... Come on. Dancing before the Lord like Michael did. Looking through the window. What does she say? Oh boy, sure made a spectacle of yourself today, King. Laid aside your garments and acted just common. Oh and the Lord didn't take a shine to that if you don't recognize the passage. And the Lord winds up making her be barren. And she's put out for the rest of her life. Because she didn't like the fact that David took the time to worship the Lord. Try to say this the right way. Sometimes that outer garment is what you think of yourself to be. (laughs) It's your reputation. Do you know who I am? we getting ready to get on a plane the other day, a few weeks ago. And this lady said, ma'am, I'm sorry, you're on standby. We don't have any more seats on the plane unless somebody cancels or whatever. You know what she said? She bobbed that head. I just happened to be sitting right there close enough by to get a great sermon illustration. You know what she said? Do you know who I am? And I'm thinking, I guess she does. She's looking at your name on the, on the register. Jane Smith. You ain't nothing to me but a behind in the seat. And we ain't got none. I wanted to say, no, we don't know who you are. Who are you and why should we give up our seat for you? I don't want to fly on the plane with you. You're going to suck all the oxygen out of the airplane. And you're going to be mad because when the peanuts come by, you're going to grab every one of them that you can get. You know I'm telling the truth. And you don't want just coffee or tea or a Coca-Cola. You want one of everything. You ever been around somebody like that? You say what she needed to do? Take off that reputation. Guess what? They didn't care. I'm sorry, ma'am we still don't have a seat no matter who you are I thought tell her I don't care if you're the president of the United States we still ain't got a seat we ain't bumping nobody for you but oh listen to me the illustration is so good because sometimes we're not able to do the tiniest of things in the church because we won't put aside that garment oh no we ain't gonna put it aside you know what sometimes makes a great garment bitterness oh no we ain't turning that loose After what they did to me, I ain't a-doing it. You know what the Lord said? Y'all need to put that stuff away. He gets up, puts it aside. This is where it gets really good. He pours the water. They all now know what's going on. Like even if you hadn't studied for the test, you could get a hundred on this one. They know he's pouring water in a wash basin for the purpose of washing feet. And then he grabs something that's a whole lot heavier than a sword. And it's harder to hold on to. It weighs a ton. He grabbed a towel. A towel... Preacher, towels ain't heavy. Depends on whose feet you're drying with it. Depends on what you're asked to do with that towel. You know what that towel is screaming? That towel is screaming, I'm here. I can't hurt you with the towel. I'm here to help you, even if I don't want to help you. Well, that towel lets you know who you are right quick. You can't tell whether or not you're a good nurse if you've got a sword. And you sure can't tell whether or not you're a soldier if you've got a towel. Preacher, what do you think people need today? Well, I think the illustration is, is they need the towel more than they need the sword. Yes. Amen. Can I remind you that this is the people that have been following Him? Can I remind you, this is the people that he's been with for three and a half years. Can I remind you, he's not talking to the rest of the world. He's talking to people that should know better. And they ain't got it yet. He lays aside his garment, he gets a wash basin and those kind of things, pours the water in there, grabs himself, girds himself about with a towel, wraps it around his waist. That means he's going to have to get close to what it is that he's fixing to do. And he gets ready to go wash, and Peter, of course, is there, and he says, okay, Peter, dip your feet in here. You can follow it along in the passage or read it tonight or whatever you want to. And Peter says, not so, Lord! If you're going to wash me, wash me all over. There are always those that instead of saying, Lord, get up from there, I'll wash their feet. Lord, you're not going to wash my feet because I'm so spiritual. I wouldn't dare have you wash my feet. I'm so dirty and nasty and filthy and unclean and, and those things. Hey, no, no, Peter, you missed it. It ain't about all of that. It's about why didn't you take that wash basin out of his hands? Right. Why didn't you grab that? T- not, not so, Lord. You know, you, you ain't going to wash my feet. No, Lord, I ought to be washing your feet. Yeah. Yes. Amen. But more importantly, I should be washing Judas's and Matthew's and James and John. I should be washing their feet. Lord, I am ashamed that you're even here bowing before me, your creation, right. 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 and washing my feet. Right. That's not what Peter said. Not so, Lord. I'm an independent Bible-believing, King James-only, Baptist street preaching. No, not so, Lord. The Lord said, Pete, I don't have to wash you all over. But your feet have gotten dirty, Peter. You've been going places you shouldn't go. And Peter still ain't got it. But can I say this? It ain't just about Peter. Can you read in that passage if you're following along with me? Can you find me a place in there in that passage where anybody got it? Here's something that's salient to me in the passage. Can you tell me, since that example, how many of you got it? How many of you were expecting to be served instead of served? Oops! when I preach here I got a talent and I got a gift and I got an ability and I can sing a special that's great we're not having specials today we got something floating in the toilet back there could you get that not my specialty don't do them things you use those things don't you Could you maybe not so, Lord. <laughs> now you want me to teach Sunday school class? want me to preach a sermon? want me to teach a class for school? want me to make the announcements? I uh, know just need somebody maybe uh, work in the nursery for 45 minutes. I, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that's great, but uh, it's not my forte. I've raised my kids. Yeah, and somebody else raised your kids also. And now that your kids are raised, they took care of your kids for four or five years. Amen. Come on, Amen. Is that too close to the cotton? Maybe that's a little too close to the cotton. Yes, Here's what I'm trying to get across to you. I'm going to finish up the thing here in just a minute. But the Lord thought enough of this story to put it in the Bible. And I think it's with a broken heart that the Lord is down there washing the feet of the apostles and they don't get it. I think he's sitting there thinking, you got to be kidding me. No wonder he said when Mary came in and broke the box, remember that? No wonder he said, let this be a memorial unto her. She hath done what she could. She got it. And the apostles are sitting there and they ain't got it you know what I have to do is put myself in that passage and realize so many times I've taken Jesus for granted. He's sitting right at the table and I'm just enamored that I'm sitting at the table with Him and the Lord's like, hey, could you take 20 minutes and wash some feet? Now don't worry if you're visiting, we don't do foot washing here. We ain't doing none of that foolishness. But the principle is there. And the principle is the principle of a servant. If the master is the, the servant is not greater than the master, and the master will wash the feet of, at the feet of even a feet of even the devil, a, a devil that's there, where does that leave us? If he's not too good to do it, Shouldn't we kind of... There's nothing lower. You understand? In Jewish custom, for somebody to wash the feet, you are in submission to the person that is seated while you're washing a nasty part of their body. In those days, open-toed sandals and walking and dirt, trust me when I tell you, their feet went through everything from cow and camel manure to whatever was on the street. And when they come in, you washing the street off of them. You know what you're doing? You're putting yourself in a real humble position. And guess what? They can take advantage of you right here. Bonk you in the back of the head. You're done. Am I right? And so here's the Lord of glory, fixing to go to the cross and die and he's down there washing the feet of the people supposed to be following him because they're not interested in washing each other's feet any one of them the Lord had said Peter you wash my feet absolutely Lord (laughs) you know glad you called me on that Lord I'm the champion foot washer I mean after all you know I got clean feet I walked on the water Yes, sir, Lord, I can see why you'd call me to do that. Hey, Peter, you did me a favor. Can you wash Judas's feet? Uh, uh, Lord, you forgot there's a little pecking order here. I'm the apostle to the Jewish people here. And uh, I don't, you know. Mm. Okay, well, how about John? Or, oh, Lord, John, you know, he thinks he's so much closer to you than I am. And, you know, he's the one that Jesus loved. And all. Yeah, I just, yet, yeah, the issue is, is, why does he even have to ask? Because what we want to do is just sit at the f- table and be served. Amen. And the Lord said, I'm not looking for somebody to be served. I imagined this while I was looking at it again. I've been over the passage many times before. I thought to myself, what if when we got to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and I'm not saying this had happened, but what if when we got there, right behind the table... There's a towel and a wash basin and a pitcher. I'm just saying, and what if it was a test? (laughs) And the Lord's not in the room. And He's just waiting to see which one of us would pick it up and start washing somebody's feet. Preacher, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Well, I'm going to say that at least here on earth the apostles failed the test. When the Lord gets finished washing, nobody takes it away from Him. He washes their feet, He dries their feet. And you read on down in that passage, and I'm almost done now. You read on down that passage, you know what He said? I've set for you an example. That what I've done to you, you should do to each other. I'm not talking about physically washing feet, it's the attitude that I am your servant. I am here to serve you. Not Lord over you. But you also are here to serve each other. Not just who you like. Whoever is sitting at the table. There's some weirdos at the table. Can you say amen? You don't ever say nothing. Thank you. There are some weirdos at the table. All right brother Ernie you've been at this but you know what the Lord knows the weirdos are there and he doesn't give the weirdos an exclusion Amen. can I give you a quick illustration remember the story of Joseph you remember how he's been made fun of and the Bible said five times they hated him they hated him they hated him. four times hated him, hated him hated him hated him hated him and the fifth time they said they envied him you remember that you know what happens? The Lord calls Joseph, I mean, not the Lord, but his daddy calls him down there and says, Go down there and feed your brothers. The ones that hate me, the ones that are envious of me. Yeah, the Lord says, You don't get to pick who you feed. Your job's to feed them. But Lord, they're of my own household. The Lord said, Yep, they are. And they hate you, and you're going down there, and I'm going to put you through 70 years. Of trouble to get you where I need to get you to. But in the meantime, step number one is you go down there and wash the feet of your brothers, the ones that hate you. Wow. Amen. I read a passage like that rightly dividing don't help me at all. <laughs> Blood sucking angels don't do nothing for me. Genesis 1, Genesis 6 don't help me. I'm thinking, Lord, help me to have that attitude yeah. 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 what is it? Yeah. servant because yeah. he said the servant's not greater than the master right. now I want to ask you a question and I'm done for today it's just a simple Sunday school lesson but so profound yes. Amen. is it time you pronounce a benediction over some things in your life? Just stop talking about all of what happened and what happened to you and what transpired and what took place, and how bad and how terrible it was. Twenty-five years ago, thirty years ago, but it's like yesterday, wasn't it? Come on now, I'm being honest. Time to pronounce a benediction. It's got you. You don't have it. I don't care what any psychiatrist says. Oh, we're getting in touch with your past to find the problem. I know what's in my past. I don't need no more in touching. It's done touched me and corrupted my brain. Because guess what? Anchoring to your past can give you an excuse in the present. Instead of the change that you so badly need. Number two, have you laid aside your garment? I don't know what your garment is. i got a list of a bunch of them up here, but I'm not going back to get it. Number three, are you willing to grab the wash basin and the towel? Oh, let me warn you. A towel's heavy. Man, you've got to have the strength of Samson to pick it up. You've got to have thighs like an oak tree and arms like cedars to be able to pick that towel. You say, why, well, that towel's heavy, boy. There's a burden with that towel. But that towel helps more people than the sword does. And the Lord said, you know who the towel's for? It's for the people sitting at the table. I know towel's not for everybody in the world that's lost. I understand that. In my life, I personally have needed the towel more times than I've needed the sword. I've had my hide tanned. I've been stuck more than once and rightfully so. More times than not, what has brought me closer to Jesus was when somebody took a towel and washed my feet. Ever had a real hot day? If you've been out working in the yard or whatever and you got your shoes on, tennis shoes or whatever and they're laced up. We used to wear... Uh, core fams When they finally got them out, they're they're already. We called them already shiny shoes. Except when I r- rode a motor, we had to polish those. But 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 what happened was, is the old shoes you had to polish them. Right in the Navy, did you have those? Right, you had to spit polish them, all that stuff, and all for inspection. Man, when they gave Corefams, we thought we have died, Brother Ron. Tell the truth, we thought we died and gone to heaven. All you had to do, little little Windex, whoosh, wipe it white off. You shiny shoes, man. <laughs> You know what they didn't tell you is, is that patent leather didn't breathe. And if you're out there working a job in traffic or whatever, man, you talk about smoking your feet. You would think literally your feet are on fire because they can't breathe. Even though a couple of years later they put little holes in the side like vents, then things are just like smoking all the time. Those shoes were hot. They looked pretty. You know what would be good is you come in from standing on that road directing traffic for eight or ten hours, standing in a dusty parking lot, you kick them shoes off, and your wife runs a little coolness in the water, and you just sit down and dip them in there. She doesn't know this, but she had a koi pond. I used to stick them in the koi pond. No fish have been harmed in the filming of this movie. Man, my feet would be so hot. I put them in that cool water. After I was over, and you take a towel and dry them off real good. Man, you talk about a new lease on life. Come on, you—you got to know what that feels like. Amen. Ladies, you ever had a a a, a, a mani petty? You put your feet down into that hot water and. They massage them and all and they clip your nails and do all that and get all that old dead stuff off the back. Get the concrete off your heels. The stuff that cuts the sheets when you move them. Gives new meaning to shredded sheets. That's where they came up with shredded cheese. It works with sheets. Might work with cheese. And then they take that towel and they dry your feet real good. Don't you tell me you don't feel rejuvenated. Don't you don't tell me you don't feel recharged. There's something to them feet. Amen. The coolness of the water and the touch of the human hand on that foot and the towel to dry it Set your feet on the right path and gives you a new lease on life, don't it? Amen. Wouldn't you like to be the one that gave that to someone else? Yes, sir. Amen. To be known to cool them off and cool them down to encourage them Strengthen them. Don't call them to your house and have a foot washing party. Um, Not what I'm saying. I'm saying that towel represents you being able to help others that are in need. This is not just for pastors. Every one of us knows somebody that could use a towel. Just a word of encouragement. Just hey I'm praying for you. Hey preacher. We love you. Thank you. Oh preacher that stuff don't matter. Oh man. Dip your feet in the koi pond. Have the tail of them fish just brush them a little bit. Take them out and dry them before she finds out. It makes a difference. And lastly, it makes a difference in how you feel about each other. Because once you've shared that experience with somebody else, there's a bond that's created. Because you were there to help them in their time of need. And it's something they'll never forget. You know what it makes you want to do? It makes you want to do it for somebody else. Amen. Nothing will stimulate you more than the desire to just help with whatever it is that needs to be done you say what now I want you to see it this way and I'm done I'm just picking up the towel I'll do whatever needs to be done don't matter whatever it is I don't care don't matter because all it is is I'm washing somebody's feet when I do that may not get any recognition may not get appreciation don't matter Just washing feet. Why? Because that's all I am. I'm just a foot washer. Well, good. Then you're right there, right alongside Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.